0: Welcome inside the Basement Doctor Studios, Limey Sports Radio, 931 The Fan. I'm Garrett Seawright. I'll be joined by John Cook momentarily. Just getting started on a Wednesday. Whether you're listening to us on the radio at 93.1 The Fan.com or on the free 93.1 The Fan app, we appreciate you making us a part of your day. You can join the show as well, 227-9393, 1-888-894-ESPN. You can also... Tweet this show, at 931thefan on Twitter. Easiest way to get a hold of us here on Cookie and a Monster. And got a lot to talk about today. Got some NFL mock drafts coming out for the first time. That's also one of our poll questions. And some folks have said some interesting things. We'll chat with Bob McGilligot as well for our Blue Jackets blast. All of that coming down on this Wednesday. But first, I want to take a look back at last night's Lima Cup victory for the Lima Senior Spartans and I know that this sentiment has been shared before on this show and whatever iterations of this show we are blessed in this area to be be served by one Coaches, and John and I have had this conversation off the air on the last week or so of, I once heard a very wise man say there are basically three reasons why there are three reasons why you would coach high school sports. One, you love the sport that you're coaching. Two, you love the kids that you're coaching and you love working with with young people. Or three, you love the... Ego and the power that comes with it. And we are so incredibly blessed to be served by people who embody those first two, that they love the sport and they love the kids that they're coaching, rather than they love the power of being over overseers of 30 basketball players or football players or baseball players or whatever the case may be. And we're also blessed to live in an area where people give a damn about high school sports. If you didn't get to Monsignor Her gymnasium last night at Lima, Lima Central Catholic before, oh, I don't know, 6 30, you were going you were sitting next to somebody. You were you were cramming into to a seat. Because the Lima Senior folks came out and they were they they packed a the joint. They, they had a full side and they were excited to watch the 2022 edition of the Lima Cup. Believe me when I tell you I have friends that live and work in this industry in Columbus or Dayton where a big game might might bring out you know 1000 people, 1500 people at a basketball game. That's your average you know Putnam County League Saturday night on one side is 1000, 1500 people. We're blessed to live in an area where people give a damn about about kids and being the best versions of themselves and playing with five kids that on a basketball floor five kids that they grew up with and I know that it's cliche to have this conversation every time after we had this conversation after Lima senior and LCC played in football or when LCC and Shawnee played in football this past season or anytime schools get together in an area and it's just it's fun to take a step back and and think, man, it's awesome to live and work and play in this area because people give a damn and that makes it that much more fun. It was a Tuesday night basketball game last night where uh, in several spots around the state there's probably a smattering of people and most most of them parents watching their basketball games last night where last night it was a community. I saw folks that aren't affiliated with LCC or aren't affiliated with Lyman Senior just out to watch the game just because that's the that's the entertainment. That was what was on tap last night was, what else are you going to do other than go watch two really good basketball teams play each other in a showcase for the community? There are two high schools inside the city limits of Lima, Ohio, and they played last night. And anytime you can do that, one, I think it's good for the community because there was a lot of pride last night in the stands in the bleachers, on the floor, that the kids from LCC were proud to wear LCC across their chest and T-Birds across their back. And the kids from Lima Senior were proud to wear Lima across their front, across their chest, and Spartans across their back. And it was the the good of high school sports because, believe me, I see I read daily the bad of high school sports where kids are transferring. There's There's a young pup who's going to sign to play basketball, I think, at Oregon who's on, I think, his 11th high school. In four years. Or a coach said this and got fired. Or a coach did this and got fired. Or somebody who spoke into a microphone. Called three girls basketball players fat. In the state of Maine. Into a hot microphone and got fired. There's an awful lot of stories about the bad. Awful lot of stories about the bad. And I don't think we look at the good. Enough And last night. Was the good. And not just at. Not just at LCC, with Lima Senior LCC. Columbus Grove played at Bath. And I'm sure that there's probably a subsection of Bath fans who believe, why are we playing Columbus Grove? We're so much bigger and better than Columbus Grove. You know what? That's a great game for both squads. It's a great game for both communities. This is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be fun. And I think that's a fun matchup. I think Spencerville going to St. Henry last night and getting a win, that's supposed to be fun for one side. But to see high-quality basketball being played, and there are probably those who would argue about (laughs) whether the basketball these days is high-quality or not. And believe me, I had that same question last night. It took three and a half minutes for a line of senior and LCC schools that have you know, regional aspirations to score a basket. I I can understand some criticism of, is this high-quality basketball? And we can have that conversation if you'd like. But the whole point of high school sports, youth sports, etc., is for young people to have fun. And I saw a bunch of kids have fun last night with a bunch of very supportive people in the stands. I didn't hear much yelling at the officials. I didn't hear a lot of yelling at the coaches. I didn't hear a lot of yelling at the kids. I heard encouragement. I saw a bunch of kids have a lot of fun in a game that meant a lot to them. I saw a bunch of kids try their best, leave everything they could on the floor, blood included. And it just reminds you sometimes, because we, I, I lose sight of this as much as anyone, that that's what it's about. It's not about whether how good I can tell you the play happened on the left wing. Or, it's, not, it's not about that. It's about a bunch of kids having a bunch of fun. And it was really, really enjoyable to see that last day. So if you haven't had the chance to get out and watch either Lima senior or LCC or whatever basketball team you frequent, or if, if there's somebody in the area that piques your interest, go out, buy a ticket, get some popcorn at, this, at the concession stand, buy a Mountain Dew if you can, I don't know, if that, buy buy a pack of peanut M&M's and a water And sit down, watch, cheer when you should, and shut up when you should. And just enjoy that we live in a really great section of this fantastic state where people give a damn about stuff that maybe they necessarily shouldn't just be all the time worried about high school sports. Because you can worry about Ohio State and the Browns and the Bengals and the Reds and the Guardians. Show a little support to your high school sports, too. It's fun to see packed gyms. The kids enjoy it. Coaches love it. Cheerleaders love it. The pep band loves it. And it was a fun environment last night to sit and watch those two schools go at it in a fantastic basketball game, but not just a basketball game, a community showcase that sometimes Lyman needs. I'm Garrett Seawright flying solo for the moment. John Cook will be here momentarily. Going to take a Don Jenkins George timeout. Got some poll questions up that we want your thoughts, feelings, opinions on. And we'll run down those when we return. Just getting started on this Wednesday. It's Lima Sports Radio, 931 The Fan, Cookie and a Monster. Back inside the Basement Doctor Studios, Cookie and a Monster, Lima Sports Radio, 931 The Fan. I'm Garrett Seawright. John Cook will be joining us momentarily. Got a couple of poll questions up at nine three one. The Fan on Twitter that we want your thoughts, your feelings, your reactions Want to know how you feel about the pair of questions that we've got up at 931 fan on Twitter, and you can vote until 545. Uh, the first question is, did you like the wild card, a wild card game, not the wild card game, did you like a wild card game being moved to Monday Night Football? 55% say yes right now, and, and, and I like the game being moved to, to Monday Night Football. I think, one, it's a really good idea. You play you know 8 17 other games on monday night football why why wouldn't you why wouldn't you do that in the playoffs especially when you've got the whole window to yourself there's plenty of stuff going on on saturday and sunday that you don't need a triple header saturday and a triple header sunday you might as well own monday night if nothing else is going on right makes sense it's an added day that we're talking about the nfl and talking about games on the field rather than Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy and how the just, the, the just horrendous, horrendous performance by the Cowboys. You're talking about games that are still yet to come on a Monday, and that's fun, and I think that's smart by the NFL. The flip side of that, though, I think that makes a problem is, obviously, uh, if you play Monday night football in the Wild Card round, you're going to play on Sunday in the... Divisional round it's it's you can't expect somebody and I don't think it's fair to expect somebody to play on Monday night and then turn around and play on Saturday afternoon or Saturday night in the playoffs. That's just not right. So you're guaranteed you're going to play on Sunday. But at the same time that then forces. So for instance, the 49ers are going to play on Saturday night now. Well, they played Sunday afternoon in Dallas and now are going to play Saturday night. So they get a short turnaround because the NFL didn't want to have two NFC games on Sunday. It's just it it, it, it added a a layer of scheduling they probably didn't think about of, oh, crap, we, we can't put both AFC games on Saturday and both NFC games on Sunday. Then that makes it look like we don't value the AFC as much as we value the NFC, even though that's probably true. It, it led to a whole different discussion of scheduling that – I don't know that anybody thought about it until they sat down and went, oh, wait a sec. Uh. Because I, I have to imagine that Packers 49ers, the NFL would love to have on Sunday afternoon rather than Saturday night. I, I can't, I can't imagine that the NFL would rather have Kansas City Buffalo on Sunday night, rather than 49 ers Packers, I can't buy that. At the same time, I also I don't understand why last weekend a triple header on Sunday, like every other NFL Sunday, you have a one o'clock game, a four or four thirty game, and then Sunday night football at eight o'clock. Why that still doesn't work this weekend? You have two games on Saturday two games on Sunday? Why not one game on Saturday night and three games on Sunday? Am I crazy for thinking that? Why wouldn't you put, if you think Bengals-Titans is the lowest rated game of the weekend, and you're probably right, put that at 8.30 on Saturday night and then play Rams-Bucks at 1 o'clock, Bills-Chiefs at 4 o'clock, and 49ers Packers at eight o'clock. I don't know. Just just thinking out loud. Nobody asked me though. Nobody asked me. But right now, fifty-five percent say yes. They like the wild card game. Big move to Monday Night Football. It's now up to sixty percent. And again, you can vote at nine three one the fan on Twitter until five forty-five. We also are asking: Do you look at mock drafts? Because there there is a cycle to mock drafts. Whether it's NFL draft. M- MLB draft, NBA draft, whatever the case may be, there's a cycle for drafts where somebody releases their first mock draft, and that has happened, and we're going to talk about that coming up, but there is a, what I consider a vocal minority who will tell you, this is stupid, nobody looks at mock drafts, let, th- let it play out, why are we even wasting our time on this, and I don't like those people. Because if, if you don't if you don't like something, just you can keep on scrolling. You don't got to click on it and read it and take it for gospel. But we asked, do you look at mock drafts? And 65% say, yeah. Yeah, they do. Now, I'm not asking, do you have to take mock drafts as the gospel? Do you have to pretend as if because Mel Kuyper said Aiden Hutchinson's going number one, that that means he has to go number one? Otherwise, Mel Kuyper doesn't know his bleep from a hole in the ground? No. But it's fun to look at. And I don't, I don't know how you, how you tear down. Like it's just somebody saying, hey, and there are those who will tell you that it's more position-based, that if I say they're going to draft this wide receiver, it's more of an idea to give you that they're going to draft a wide receiver rather than this specific wide receiver. And there are those that will tell you my 1 through 32 is me giving you the best option I can of what I think is going to happen. I find them fascinating. Because they make you – I find the NFL draft fascinating. It's one of my favorite sporting events, and it obviously you could argue whether it's a sporting event or not. But the strategy behind it, the like, the, to hell with hard knocks during training camp and for the Colts this year during the season. I want to watch the behind-the-scenes during the NFL draft. Now, that will never happen because nobody wants. like the, the video that leaked out of the Minnesota Vikings laughing when the Philadelphia Eagles selected Jalen Rager before the Vikings – then took Justin Jefferson and those two dudes have went on opposite ends of the spectrum production wise and um, being football follies, but that video came out and everyone was just flabbergasted at the just the unmitigated gall of the Minnesota Vikings to be laughing at another team, which is why we're never going to get that content. But I would love, love, I would spend a ridiculous amount of money to get an unfiltered access view of. Draft Day and not the crappy Kevin Costner movie that the only reason you like it is because it was the Cleveland Browns. It's a terrible movie. I want to watch Draft Day with 32 4K cameras in 32 war rooms and see what is said and see who believes who is good. So in 10 years when Sean Payton's saying, "Well, you know, if uh if we we were ready to take Patrick Mahomes 5 years before Drew Brees was ready to retire, like did you were you really Or are you just saying that on the Dan Patrick Show after the fact so you can sound really smart? Because I want to know. I want to know who is really bright, who is on top of it, who says with conviction, I believe that Kenny Pickett is the next coming of Tom Brady. I want to know who believes that. Because if it happens, I want to give you credit for being smart. And if it doesn't happen, I want to tear you down for being a bumbling idiot. I want that. And mock drafts remind me that I want that. So I look at the mock drafts. I'm with the 65% who say yes, absolutely 100%. They look at mock drafts, and we're going to talk mock drafts. Coming up as Mel Kiper of ESPN.com and Dane Brugler of The Athletic have released their first mock drafts. We'll tell you who they've got the Browns and Bengals taken and why that matters after this Don Jenkins Jewel timeout. It's cooking the monster. Garrett C. Wright flying solo for the time being. John Cook on his way. We'll chat more NFL draft mock drafts next Cookie and the Monster on Lima Sports Radio, 93.1 The Fan. Cookie and the Monster on Lima Sports Radio, 93.1 The Fan. I'm Garrett C. Wright. John Cook will join us momentarily. NFL draft mocked, or I guess NFL mock draft season is upon us because for the overwhelming majority of the NFL, their seasons are over. And we got to have something to talk about. And the NFL draft gets bigger and bigger and bigger every year. And and I've said before, I've made this dissertation on the air that I, I, I it's, it's the perfect storm for the NFL. That one, we are a football obsessed country, where it's the only sport, for the most part. I mean, in college basketball, to a lesser extent, where you get to see the future stars of your sport on display on national TV for 15 million people to watch several times throughout the year. You know how many people watched Aiden Hutchinson play football this fall? A lot. I don't know who the consensus number one pick in the NBA draft next year is. Probably that that scrawny, weird-looking kid from Gonzaga. But you know how many people have watched Gonzaga play basketball this year? Not nearly as much as watched Ole Miss football. So Matt Corral, who's viewed as you know the second or third best quarterback in the upcoming draft, people have opinions on him because they've been able to watch Matt Corral play football several times. So it's the perfect storm for the NFL that you're watching the future stars of your sport once a week. And the two favorite sports in our country are the NFL and college football slightly above the NBA. So it's... It's the perfect tunnel for the NFL where you get college football fans who maybe don't like the NFL are going to watch the NFL draft and care about the NFL draft because they care about the folks that they have invested in and have strong opinions on of what they could be as a pro. And then you have NFL fans who have also invested in what the next future star of their team looks like and where they're from. And that convergence is the NFL draft in its best-case scenario for the NFL. So one of our poll questions is, do you look at NFL mock drafts? 65% right now are saying yes. Uh, Mel Kuyper is the the OG draft expert. BSPN brought him on when nobody, was, nobody gave a damn about the NFL draft, and now it's on Thursday night in primetime outdoors in some NFL city where they're, you know, in Nashville a few years ago, there's 250,000 people going to the NFL draft. It's a big deal. Mel Kuyper is the OG, and he listed his first round mock draft today and revealed it on Greeny here online with Sports Radio, 93.1 a Fan, and then it was published on ESPN.com. And, and, and I want your thoughts, 227-9393, 888 where... I'm going to tell you that who he's got the Browns and Meggles taking at the number 13 pick for the Cleveland Browns, which, man, if I told you a year ago today that the Browns would be picking 13th in the 2022 NFL draft, you'd probably look at me like I had three heads. Mel Kiper has the Browns taking Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State, wide receiver. And it's something that John and I talked about yesterday of uh, the, the Browns have a not great wide receiver room even with Odell Beckham Jr. with Jarvis Landry it wasn't a great wide receiver room one from the you know the the aspect of they didn't get the production out of Odell Beckham Jr. that they originally hoped for back in what 2017 or 18 but it just wasn't a top tier wide receiver room Odell Beckham Jr's gone Jarvis Landry is a free agent, you're going to need somebody because if Baker Mayfield, you worried about his struggle in production with Jarvis Landry, if that guy bolts, whew, whew, that ain't great. So Garrett Wilson falling to 13th. I don't know if that's falling or not, but Mel Kuyper Jr. says, Garrett Wilson is the pick for the Browns in his first mock draft. And and again, I think Mel Kuyper's one of the guys who will tell you it's more of I'm telling you what position they're going to target rather than, you know, if somebody likes Garrett Wilson at the number five overall pick, you're going to take him. And that throws off the rest of the mock draft. But Browns should be thinking wide receiver, and he's right. There are a couple of spots the Browns need to get significantly better at, and one of them is wide receiver. So taking a first round wide receiver makes a lot of sense for the Browns. In a similar vein, taking an offensive lineman makes a lot of sense for the Cincinnati Bengals. He has them taking tackle Trevor Penning out of Northern Iowa, and I know that, and it's something that I've I've fought with my own friends. of so They they will say Northern Iowa, how are you going to take somebody from Northern Iowa in the first round? Well, here's the deal: you are you're not looking at like you're not deciding who should be in the the college football playoff. You're not deciding who the thirty two best teams. For the NFL draft, you're looking for the 32 best players in the NFL draft. It's possible that the best player or one of the or in this case, the 25th best player in the upcoming NFL draft, which is where the Bengals are slotted to pick right now, should they lose on Saturday to the Titans. It's possible that that guy plays football in Northern Iowa. You are scouting the player and you are grading and judging the player, not his schedule, not his competition. Because if that were the case, you know Ben Roethlisberger never would have got a chance to play D one football because oh, he's playing at Findlay High School. Ooh, whoop do It's not how it works. Or he never would have got a chance to play in the NFL because he's playing at Miami. Oh, he's playing at Miami. Oh, not a great competition there. And you know what? He ended up being one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history. So it's not the level of competition you play; it's about your physical attributes. So Trevor Penning is a six foot seven tackle from Northern Iowa, in um, the Bengals, I, I, will, I will die on this hill. that I, I, It can be both that Jamar Chase is really good and that they should be glad that they drafted Jamar Chase and that they probably should have drafted Penny Sewell because Joe Burrow got sacked the third most amount of times in the NFL this season, and they had the 26th yards per carry from their rushing attack in the NFL in 2021 with Joe Mixon, who I would argue is a top 10 running back in the NFL, and they had the 26 best yards per carry. So you were bad at offensive line, again, when everybody knew you needed to improve at that position and you didn't really do it. Riley Reef is an upcoming free agent. Tackle makes a lot of sense for the Bengals in the first round. So I, I think Mel Kiper's pretty well on those first two picks in his first mock draft. Dane Brugler uh, does mock drafts for the Athletic. He had the Browns also taking a wide receiver. He had Tr- Traylon Burks, a wide receiver from Arkansas, and made his pro comparison to Debo Samuel. And I, I think you're going to see, uh, I, I've mentioned before, I guess. Well, the NFL is this copycat league where the second somebody has the cojones to actually try something new and it works, everybody else goes, "Oh my God! How do we go? We gotta get a, we gotta get a guy like that." When the wildcat was used by the Dolphins out of flat-out desperation, and it took the NFL a year to figure it out which is mind-boggling, snap it to a running back, and he's going to run straight ahead or throw a pop pass. It's not that difficult. But everybody in the draft that next year had to get a guy. That, That's going to be our wildcat guy. That's going to be our wildcat guy. And then it completely disappeared. Like Pat White from West Virginia was a third-round pick. He's got a noodle for an arm, and he ran like a 4 forty. So, therefore, <laughs> he's our wildcat guy. And it went away. We saw with Sean McVay the success the Rams had by hiring this young offensive guru and – than everybody else in the NFL that next year had to hire guys that were young offensive gurus. It's a copycat league. So don't be surprised when you see a bunch of people this offseason in the NFL draft start targeting dudes who look like Debo Samuel. Can you can I pitch you the ball out of the backfield a couple times a game, but can you also play a little wide receiver for me? It's going to happen, and that's what Traylon Burks of Arkansas is, according to Dane Brugler of The Athletic. So don't be surprised when... There are guys or there are teams that are going to prioritize. That's the kind of guy we want in the NFL draft. We want a guy who can both run the football and play a little slot receiver for us. Problem is, is I don't know that Debo Samuels grow on trees, but somebody's going to try to force put that square peg in a round hole and make it work, and they'll probably end up getting fired for it. And Dane Brugler also had the Bengals drafting a cornerback, Trent McDuffie. Out of the Washington University of Washington, uh, and said, you, you "Watch Vernon Hargraves cover somebody in the Raiders game. It'll make you want to. It'll make you want to to draft a cornerback real quick because Eli Apple's an upcoming free agent. It's a position that they're going to need some folks at. But I found it was interesting there on the opening of mock draft season that um, both had the Browns taking a wide receiver, and I think everybody." In the NFL, pretty much agrees, hey, that's a spot that the Browns need to get better at, especially if you're worried about Baker Mayfield's production. So, found it quite interesting that both of those prominent mock drafters had the Browns taking wide receivers in the first round. Going to take another Don Jenkins Jewel timeout. We'll step aside. John Cook in the building. We'll chat with him as we get going. Cooking and a monster it's live sports radio 931 the fan we are back inside <laughs> the basement like, doctor your, studio your show now.
1: we <laughs> are back inside the basement doctor studio and this strange voice you hear on the other end of your radio or your phone or however it is that you're choosing to listen is that of john cook i have a real job and at times it requires me to do things i'd rather not do this afternoon was one of those days and so i'm late to the show yeah i informed my co-host that i would be late and I was later than I expected to be a little bit, but it is good to be in. Caught some of the opening, although I got a text message from somebody telling me that I missed some discussion about peanut M and M's. What did I miss? Was there something about peanut M and M's? Oh, oh uh, yeah, segment?
0: I said, yeah, I said, go to go to go to, a, go to a basketball game, go to the concession stand, b- buy your ticket, go to the concession stand, get some popcorn, a bag of peanut M and M's or whatever,
1: and dump the peanut M and M's in the popcorn, and that'll change your life. I'm telling you. See, I, I get that.
0: I just I, uh, the. It gets all chocolatey, and my fingers get gross. And I'm Not I if you eat it fast enough. I don't know if – and you're not allowed to joke about this, but I'm going to. I don't know if I'm autistic or what. Like there's just some things that bother me to the point where it like physically repulses me, and my hands being dirty is one of them.
1: Brother, I'm going to say this as a 27-year professional in the education world and as a human all at the same time. The spectrum – we're all on it somewhere <laughs> it's just I, like, we're all on there somewhere
0: like when i when i tell someone who's like an educator or works in that f- realm and they're like do you like sour cream and like no i don't like the way it feels in my mouth like oh they get, they get you a different kind of look like oh you're one of those yes i don't like the way coconut feels in my mouth so i don't like it oh so you're weird
1: yeah, there are there yes. are a lot of texture people out there.
0: I'm I'm in that group. A lot, a lot of I texture don't like people. Melted chocolate on my hands. Ugh, I'm getting shivers just think about it. So I can't dump my peanuts into my my popcorn. Oh
1: man, I, I can't eat peanut M&Ms anymore. Now I still. <laughs> <occasionally>, <laughs> I, I can't do it. So I, I do occasionally it. risk that once in a great. I mean, it used to be a guarantee at a ball game was a bag of peanut M&Ms in a bag of popcorn that was going to happen, and it might happen if I did the JV and the varsity. It might happen for two half times. I can't it just work so I, well I, I, I can't do it anymore. so I've had like in the last calendar year and then maybe almost two calendar years I've had like four bags of peanut and ms in in two years I, so but yes I, I could do it all day long and the people at the concession stand always say, well, that's a really good idea. and I'm kind of like, yeah, this can't be something that's new like I, there's no I didn't come up with something original. I just <laughs> I heard
0: somebody else say there's not hey,
1: here a, we go. not a chance that this is new, but yeah, it works for me and I don't get to do that and we went to we, we did a game last night would have loved to have stopped by the concession stand on my way up to our perch and gotten some peanut M&Ms, because you got me with peanut M&Ms, period. If popcorn's there, that's great. I'm not supposed to have either nuts or popcorn now because of my issues, which, God, getting old just sucks. But it was a great game last night, was it not? Better than we thought it was going to be yeah. at halftime?
0: Yeah, Oh, at halftime, um, when it, in that second quarter for Lima Senior, they just they, they hit five threes, did whatever they wanted pretty much, and like, oh, okay, you know, they're, they're rotating 10, 11 guys and Lima Central Catholic has played, I think, six. So at some point, that breakneck speed, it just is, uh, uh, we're, you're going to get tired. And I don't know what what Frank Kill said to the T-Birds at the halftime break. They got some oranges and some secret stuff from Space Jam or whatever, but it worked because they came out and clawed back into that game and got it down as close as five in the second half after being trailing by 18 at the break. It was That was high-quality basketball from the second quarter on, about midway through the first quarter on. Seriously <laughs> at, had at a the, foot, st- seriously had a
1: football feel. If you look at quarter scores, it was 7-7 after a quarter. Got a whole football feel going. In the second quarter, Lima Senior outscored Lima Central Catholic 27 to 9 to take a 34 to 16 lead to the half. At which point we candidly discussed with each other off the air, "Wow, LCC looks tired." Yep, they better find some fight, or this thing may get to a running clock at some point in the second half. And Which I don't
0: think was ridiculous to think. No, I you saw how tired they those cried, kids. They looked. got ran out the gym in the second quarter, and like that, that that will happen. And they were in a rock fight, trying to be, and it. And when you
1: couple in the depth and athleticism that Lyman Senior puts on the court against what is a limited roster for LCC for injuries and other reasons as well, it looked like it could get away from them, and. They came out of the locker room in the second half and started fighting again. It, was a, it yep. was a rock fight. And I'm not letting anyone off the hook when I say this, but let's be at least objective enough to say Lima Sr. decided that they were done making shots for most of the third quarter and early into the fourth. They just, they just quit making perimeter yep. shots. They went five for 11 from the three-point line in the second quarter. They went one for seven in the third and one for 10 for the second half. A 22-12 third quarter by the T-Birds makes it a game again, and at, what, two points in the fourth quarter? The game was five. I mean, I give LCC a ton of credit, and I also, at the same time, want to say this. When you are a heavy favorite who builds a big lead and it begins to get away, that is a tough spot to be (laughs) in. And I said on the air last night, I credit Quincy Simpson, number one, he never demonstrated any sort of of indication in his body language, his reactions to anything, or the way that he coached his team, that he was uptight or panicked about them sliding and letting that lead get away. And even though there were mistakes on the court, I saw Khalil Luster had two or three turnovers that were very uncharacteristic for him in big spots. And it never showed up. It never registered on his...
0: Right. He never had a frustration it, foul no, after that. Nothing. or, or,
1: or nothing. And, and, and they just kept playing. And it is what that game... It was, excuse me, what that game is supposed to be. It's a rivalry game, and it's a fist fight, and you can't take anything for granted. It turned out to be a 63-55 to 55 Lima Senior win. And it wasn't a thing of beauty from a statistical standpoint, to be sure. But it was a very interesting and got to be a very exciting game in the second half when... The the brutal truth is at halftime there was no reason to expect that it would be that and it was,
0: it it was and, and I I didn't expect and, and maybe this is me being cynical or not seeing the best. In, I didn't expect LCC to come out and and put together that structured measured performance in the second half that they knew exactly what they wanted to do how they were going to do it and to claw back in that game because the, and maybe it says more about me than them that I, you, you're you down by 18 at the half. All right, let's play out the next two quarters and and get out of here and get some guys some experience, et cetera. That wasn't the plan at all. Those kids fought hard for four quarters, and I think they deserve to be commended for that.
1: Oh, I, I do too. And look, basketball's a bottom-line business, and Frank kills a bottom-line kind of guy. I've, I've talked to him, had enough conversations, heard him on the radio. The, the win is what matters. The, the loss, right. the, the outcome is the thing that matters.
0: But But Damien's got to be proud of his kids today. Well, well,
1: he's got to look at that and say – I don't know if pride is the right word. I I used the word on the phone with someone last night about being ecstatic with their effort, and I was kind of questioned on it initially, and we've talked about it since. The issue with me is when you go look at your kids today in practice, your starting point has to be, fellas, if that's who we are, we're going to be all right. Right, (laughs) If that that fight and that grit and that toughness is who we are – they were 5-for-23 from the arc. They didn't shoot it well in no. any way, shape, form, or fashion. But just to give you a little thing, at halftime from the two-point land, they were 4-for-18. In the second half, they were 12-for-16 from inside the arc. They fought to get the kind of shots they wanted. They yep. didn't make a lot of threes. They struggled. They turned it over a bunch. They gave themselves a great opportunity. And as I said, Lima Sr. deserves a ton of credit for watching that thing turn into a struggle and not succumbing to that, not aiding Lima Central Catholics' calls. They made the plays down the stretch that they had to make. It was a really good game without being an extremely efficient game offensively for either team, and I enjoyed getting to call it, enjoyed getting to watch it, and I look forward to watching both those teams going forward. Fortunately, we get to call Lima Senior a couple more times here in the next week or 10 days coming up, and that'll be exciting. It was a really good night for area basketball all over. We can't get to all those now, but we'll try to touch in on those later. It's time for a Don Jiggins Dueler timeout. We're going to step aside, and after this, you can join us here on Lima Sports Radio 93.1 The Fan. And our number 2 here on Cooking the Monster Lima Sports Radio 931 the fan I am John Cook my partner's Garrett C Wright. we are presented each day by Lewis Family McDonald's you can apply online at work at mcd.com and you can work today and then get paid tomorrow at Lewis Family McDonald's I wasn't here when you set up the Twitter poll questions. I did hear them, but let's get a quick reset on where we are. Do yeah, people?
0: so we got two questions up at nine on the fan on Twitter that you can vote in until 545. The first question is, did you like a wild card game being moved to Monday Night Football? 55%. Say yes. Yes, they did. And our second poll question is, do you look at mock drafts? 61% say yes, they do. That number's dropping, right? Yes, it is. A little bit. That should not be dropping. A little bit. Why, why would you not look? You got people who look at mock drafts and liars.
1: I... I... <laughs> that reminds me of a great scott van pelt line along that way people who have experienced something or people who are lying We'll we'll talk about that off air but yeah yeah i can't imagine why you wouldn't look at, at a mock draft we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna move to the america home mortgage hotline here in just a second but i'll bet our guest on the america first home mortgage hotline glances at the occasional mock draft
0: i have to imagine so
1: I, I would think he would want to right now just as a way to create a diversion <laughs> well, no, that's, <laughs> true. <instances>. that's true that's <laughs> true let's go ahead and get to our blue jackets blast and we are joined on the First Home Mortgage Hotline by one Bob get the radio voice of the Blue Jackets. Bob, I didn't get to talk to you last week because we had some technical issues going <laughs> I on, about and that. I didn't get to be a part of the program. I'm sure you missed me the way that I missed you, but. Um, I brought up the nFL I didn't mock-
2: Garrett enough to do it again this <laughs> week yeah.
1: no no and and i wouldn't have blame i wouldn't have blamed you if you did i you know Garrett's a m- much better company but i got to imagine with the stretch that you're in right now it's tough to find people that are good company is that a fair assessment on my part
2: no it's easy to find people good people are good people results of games don't uh don't keep you from being able to find good people what's this mock draft you guys are talking about
1: well, the NFL. Mel Kiper released NFL his. Draft? Yeah, he released his version one point of his mock draft, and Garrett put a Twitter poll question up to see if people look at mock drafts, and somewhere around sixty one percent.
2: Good
0: uh, question. He had. Uh, I think Mel Kiper had Sam Howell, quarterback out of North Carolina. That
1: mm-hmm. that makes me that makes Getting me hesitate
0: good? a little.
2: See, uh, look, listen, see, I'm I'm very, like, uh, and I've told my son this for the past five years. Uh, when Terry Bradshaw. Was done. It took twenty years for the next franchise quarterback. So, yes, it did. Um, if, you're, if you're, I don't know who you're going to draft right now. That's going to be the guy. I say nobody. But
1: uh, I thought they wanted to commit. Does he have him going early? Oh uh, yeah, that, I was going to say he had, had him going
0: like twelfth overall or something like that. Ah, uh, they'll just have to trade up. It's not a big deal.
1: I, I'm with you. I'm really curious because I, I mean, let's at least agree on this as a general rule of thumb. The Steelers. Handle the draft pretty well when you consider that they don't ever tend to draft very high.
3: Well,
2: they do, but um, look, let's be honest. They made the playoffs, and that was so they won the lottery just to get into the playoffs. For crying out loud! But oh, wow. um, you know, people want to point fingers at coordinators, but it's yeah. really the players, right? I okay, mean, yeah. Look, I, what I does t- have the Devin Bush after they they drafted him that first year? He looked like he was going to be great. I haven't heard his name but three times in the last two years. For crying out loud! So I mean. Yeah, they they usually do a decent job. They find re- receivers in the third to the fifth round and all that stuff. But I mean, really, in the they're a mess. They're an absolute mess right now. They got a lot to figure
0: out. So so Mel Kiper has them drafting Matt Corral from from Ole Miss, a quarterback. But but Bob, I, I tweeted about this on on Sunday night that. Uh, Matt Canada's name was trending on Twitter because Steelers fans wanted him fired. And I thought you've got an idiot Diva wide receiver. Your best wide receiver didn't play most of the year. Your offensive line is terrible. And you got a fat senior citizen quarterback with a noodle arm. What did you expect them to put out offensively?
2: Well, I told people all week, you know, it's just going to be another slaughter. And it was, and and I sat and I watched the whole thing because I wanted to watch Ben's last game, but, um, The offensive line is – I mean, they went into the year, I think, with the youngest one, and then they got guys hurt. And I I couldn't even – I can't even name two guys on their offensive line that played that game the other night. So, uh, yeah, that's – you can start there, and then you can go to the – nothing drives me more crazy. How about get a guy that can stop a play on 3rd and 19 that could (laughs) (laughs) tip a ball or (laughs) intercept the ball or – Oh, my God, that drives me insane, 3rd <laughs> and 12, 3rd and 20. Drives me nuts.
1: Getting off the field on third down was a bit of a struggle for a lot of the season. I understand, 3rd for... and 3, okay, well, they happen to get it. 3rd and 20, constantly, oh, my God, Just, that drives me.
2: <laughs> you want, You know what? Listen, I think the NFL is the only thing that I'm still a fan of, to be honest with you. Because I worked in baseball, I know the inner workings of that. I know it's all about money. I know how it all works. I get it. But the NFL is the thing that I'm the most separate from, and I can just sit down with a semi-objective opinion and just scream at the TV, just like you guys do.
1: (laughs) And that's what makes it fun. I mean, that's what makes it... uh, That's that's where I have determined that my investment of time and effort is worth it, that I get to do that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And I'm glad that they played the game on Monday night, the wild card game. I thought it was great. Gave me another night to watch football. All right, we're done talking about that. Take me where you want me to go.
1: So, three and seven in the last ten for the Blue Jackets. It feels like Groundhog Day a little bit when we when we've had you on for the last three visits. I, I asked this I don't know, question. I got to
2: change the day of this show. We should have done this on Friday, right <laughs> after six nothing <laughs> slacking of Carolina. It would have been awesome. But You had to wait until we got beat nine to two That's two days say later. Lose by so a I touchdown. Luck of the draw. Um, but you know what? That's that that two games. That is just uh, a great example of what's going on here. It's Sheckle Hyde, right? I mean, they uh, they were fantastic on Thursday. They did everything right. Uh, they played as a team, and then you know they went into Florida and they got back on their heels early. But I'll tell you guys this: a lot of people say Carolina is the best team in the NHL, but man, watching the Florida Panthers play the other night, they are uh, they're they're pretty damn good. They're really good. So you know, it's just a culmination. You, you go in there they had just beat Dallas the night before 7 to 1 and they already feel good about themselves and then they get a goal 46 seconds into the opening period then they feel really good about the next game that they they've just started and before you know it it's 3 nothing 4 nothing and i'm just saying please just wind the clock just don't don't throw it over the glass don't go offside <laughs> don't ice it just let's just skate run the clock and get out of here because their fans were chanting we want 10 when it was 3 nothing i was really mad about it i thought He's arrogant like, normally, there's not even anybody in this building. And now there's people in here, and they're chanting, we want 10, when it's three to nothing. Screw all of you. And all of a sudden, it was nine. And I was like, oh, my God, they might get their 10. But they didn't. So, you know, it's just how it goes.
1: Well, you got one more on the road trip. You're going into Philly tomorrow night. I, You said Jekyll and Hyde. Give, give us some insight into whether we should expect Jekyll or Hyde. <laughs>
2: ah, well, I, I hope. Which one's the good one? Dep- it depends on your perspective. Right? Right? I think. Okay, think. want him. Philly hasn't won. They haven't outla- have outright They haven't outright won in nine straight games. They're a mess. They are. Uh, their coach got fired earlier in the year. They they can't figure out who they are and what they are. So listen, you've got you're in Philly tomorrow. You're at home against Pittsburgh, who's won 15 of their last 18 on Friday. I don't need to spell this out for you guys, right? right. You got to take the one in Philly. You got to go get the one in Philly, and you got to try to take advantage of a team that. Uh, has no clue what it's doing right now and and uh, and do it early and set the tone on the road. That's what has to happen here. Now again, there's another couple of guys put on the COVID protocol list, which thank God I am counting it down boys, 12 days, 12 <laughs> days until the 31st of January and then they're going to relax the rules like the other leagues have done, so thank God. But right now there's still some guys on the list, so uh, I'm not even sure who's in and out for uh, tomorrow's game yet, but um, and, you know, it's going to be a challenge, but You're going up against a team that shouldn't be any more confident than you are coming into this game.
1: Well, and you're going into a building where, like you said, if you get a decent early start, you may get their fans turned against them and gain a little bit of momentum that way. You've been to Philly before. You know how that works. (laughs) I watch a lot of Philly sports. Yes, I do.
2: Oh, my God. That's one of the greatest things in the world is when they turn on their own team. It's just awesome. It's It's so fun to watch. They do that. They do it in Philly. They do it in Montreal too. Montreal is another place where, man, you get two goals and they are like ready to to turn the tables. But there's nothing like Philly. I mean, it's not as it's not as vile as it is here in Philadelphia. I do, I love that this is a city of brotherly love, and there couldn't be any more uh, fans full of venom than Philadelphia sports fans. So it's just kind of funny how it works out. But yeah, you're right about that. You're right. You can uh, you can get their crowd going against them if you play the right way early in the game, and I think that's what makes that important.
0: Bob, have you seen the, the video of Leon Dreisaitl at the press conference where... Uh,
2: you know, I didn't see that yet. I, I meant to watch that earlier today. I can, today I can play it for
0: you if fight. you'd like.
2: I want to hear it. Yeah. Lots of reasons for why the owners are playing the way they are in terms of winning and losing. What do you think is the number one reason for the losses now? Is there, is there one thing that
1: you, in your own mind you're saying, we
2: got to get better at that?
1: Yeah, we, we have to get better at everything.
2: Would you like to expand on that? Nope. <laughs> you can do that. You know everything. Why are you so pissy, Leon? Hmm? Why are you so pissy? I'm not. I'm just I, answering your yeah, question. Yeah, you are. Whenever I ask you a question.
3: I gave you an answer.
2: Not a very good one.
3: <laughs>
2: okay. but I have one more for you. Leon, you show your frustration on the ice last game against Ottawa. Is that a good thing when you show it so the other team knows you're frustrated?
3: Yeah, it's a great thing, for sure.
0: <laughs> so, so <laughs> Bob, have you had anything ever close to that? Have you ever uh, asked anybody, why are you pissy in a press conference? Why are you pissy in a press no. conference?
2: I thought about it. I thought about it what the hell is your problem? And what? Usually what the problem is, is you're asking a legit question, quite frankly. And Jim Matheson is a reporter there. I mean, the Hall yeah. of Fame guy has been around forever. Um you know, and in, in where where his teammates should be happy with Leon Dreisaitl is, he didn't answer the question. I can answer the question for you. It's easy, and it's what Matheson was trying to get him to say. It's very simple. What's one thing? Goaltending. It sucks. It's brutal. Right. And Mike Smith has been hurt most of the year, plus they signed him at like 42 years old. I can't figure that out. You know, they're they're patching together goaltending. The goaltending has been a problem with that team for the last couple of years, and he was trying to get him to say that, and Dreisaitl, to his credit, pissy or not he just wouldn't say it so uh but that that's what was going on there that was the message there they're trying to get somebody to say the goaltending sucks and he obviously wasn't going to buy into it
0: so so we probably couldn't convince you to ask like brad larson why he's pissy or jack Roslovic why he's pissy i can't i can't imagine can we uh i
1: just wish somebody
2: would ask
0: torts (laughs) oh well, Larry Brooks did it in New York for yeah, a couple different times. It didn't go very well. I could
2: have asked that the to Torch. If I would have asked that, the to Torch, he would have answered me. <laughs> right. right. Been, he was, oh, the, yeah, I mean, With an honest answer. An answer. It wouldn't have been like blow-up viral or anything like that. But um trying to think, Garrett. On this team, is there anybody th- – this team's actually pretty good. If pretty Ryan mellow. Dezingle was still here, I would love to ask him that question because it's <laughs> that guy. that That's a guy. There's not many hockey players that I would single out and go – yeah, that guy I would like to put on the defense, but he's one. He's he's right. I just saw him last week when we were on the road. He's playing in Arizona now, where uh, you know it's like where the all the players that used to be good go to die right now. And um, he was doing the postgame interview because he scored the game-winning goal, and it couldn't have been any more miserable. And I was like, "Seen that before?" So there you go. <laughs>
0: I, anybody else on that list, Bob? Since we're just confessional now, anybody else that you'd like uh, to reveal? No,
2: I mean nobody. Nobody jumps out like he does. I mean, it was. I mean, for a guy that got traded here and during the playoff year, and he was an Ohio State guy, right. and I, I just I was unpleasantly shocked at how miserable that guy was to be here,
1: and he wasn't here long, so yeah. figure it out. It's not probably, probably good for everybody.
2: Vernon Wells was one of those guys for me when I was in place. Uh, ah. I've heard. He played uh, heard when he was stories. coming up through the Blue Jay system. When he said, uh, "I say, hey, can I grab you for a pregame interview." And he goes, "Hey, I got to go to the bathroom. I'll be back in just five minutes." Still waiting.
3: <laughs> still, so, still, <laughs> still
2: waiting. No, that, that. So no. So here's what happens. Actually, then he gets to the big leagues, and a couple years later, I go down to spring training, and um, now he was playing badly in AAA at the time. You know, he was supposed to be a phenom, and he was playing badly. But he had a good game, so I would never go to them when they're in the middle of crap and say, hey, you want to talk? I would wait until something good happened, and then I would say, hey, you want to talk? So um, he never did that interview with me. And then a couple years later, I went down to spring training, and I went to the big league game. And, you know, in spring training, once the guys start coming out of the game after the fourth or fifth inning, you go down to the clubhouse to get your interview because they're out of there. They're going to play golf or do whatever they do. And uh, oh my God, he saw me, and it was like he's – like, I was his best friend that he hadn't seen forever. And I was thinking, and in the back of my mind the entire time, I thought, this is phony. Like, obviously it's phony. I, mean, I never got that interview three years ago, so
1: whatever. Well, listen, good luck in Philly. Get home safe, and let's see if being at home can get the get the Blue Jackets on a little bit of a run. I'm glad I got to what talk you, with you this bro- week.
2: Which broadcast are you listening to, mine or Philly's?
1: <laughs> I, I don't listen to the full broadcast, but I will try to find a way to catch some sn- some uh, video cl- audio clips of Philly just to hear what it sounds yeah. like. See? See
2: how you put them on defense right there, Garrett? <laughs> See you
1: on their heels? Just like that. <laughs> just like that. Have a good rest of your week, man. We'll talk to you next Wednesday.
2: Thank you, guys. I appreciate it.
1: Bob McGilley joins us on the mayor First Home Mortgage Hotline for our Blue Jackets Blast, and we are just way over time for a break, yeah. so we're going to run right out of here and come right back so we can do some football at 515 and around 520. John Cook and Garrett right with you on Live Sports Radio, 93.1 The Fan. Back inside the basement doctor studio where it is time for football at 515.
0: Service Master, it's your service, welcomes you to football at 515. Hard work, determination, and sportsmanship create opportunities to be your best. Like Bear Bryant said, it's not the will to win, but it's the will to prepare to win that makes a difference. And that's why it's Service Master, they don't cut corners, they clean them. The NFL has fined Bruce Arians $50,000 for an action on the field over the weekend where after the muffed punt by Jalen Rager... I don't know if "slapped" is a is a strong word. He he grazed. He, he attempted to slap one of his players in the side of the helmet. He made some contact. It wasn't like it didn't knock anybody out or anything like that. But uh, his player was trying to pull a eagle off the pile, and he defended himself after being fined fifty thousand dollars by saying, "We just had a big play, and that guy was going to ruin it." So, so, so I slapped him and I elbowed him in the chest to get him out of there. That bleep was going to cost us 15 yards, and we just had a big play, and it was worth it. Um, so that is slightly concerning, but it, it just—I it, don't know if you've seen the video, John. He, he didn't—he didn't necessarily slap his own player, but he certainly—he uh, certainly tried.
1: Yeah, I didn't see the video, and, and, I, and this is one of the few things and it Today being what it was. I, I was in the dark on this till I read your show sheet, and I, I, I haven't seen the video. I haven't heard the comment you just read. That's the first time I've heard it. That sounds exactly like I would expect Bruce Arians to react. <laughs> like, to Bruce we just Arians. got a
0: big play, and <laughs> yeah. he was going to screw it up. And, and, you know, and, and, okay. there, and,
1: and you cannot, I'm sorry, maybe I'm being oversimplistic when I say this, but you cannot have the number of men that coach in the NFL – at the ages at which they are coaching, and not have the remnants of the old school way of doing things rear their heads once in a while. I don't. You can call them ugly heads if you want to. I didn't see it, so I don't know. And I am oftentimes an apologist for coaches. And let's be real honest. Back in the day, there was I was a very hands-on kind of guy. Even
0: even coaching basketball, right? We um, grab a kid off the bench or what? Grab him by chest. Anytime I, anytime
1: I subbed a guy. I grabbed him from his seat and basically him threw him the, toward the, the scorer's table. And, and it would depend on if he was being subbed in because the guy that was getting subbed for had done something really stupid, it was much more aggressive. And I had to have someone tell me, hey, you don't see that. We see that. You need to stop that. And I would go back and look at the film of, of the games when I was decided to. yep, I need to stop that because there's not one part of that that looks good. However, a $50,000 fine... In this circumstance, seems a bit. I mean, that should be a, a team decision, I would think. Well, and
0: I, I thought, you know, if nobody even, I didn't, no, I didn't see it, you know, blow up on Twitter that people thought, oh my gosh, you can't do that in 2021 or whatever. But it just sort of came out of nowhere of, oh, he got fined for 50000 And people were going back through the video and like, oh, okay, well, uh, y- yeah. Yeah. I, I get it, especially like you know, things didn't go very well with Urban Meyer and kicking that guy <laughs> yeah. that he, he says never happened, and then there's you know like lawyers saying like oh, well maybe it did.
1: <laughs> so, uh, and maybe
0: that's just the NFL being hyper vigilant. But you're right. I I, I I I guess I didn't think of it that way. But that would be more of a Bucks thing, right? Of being like, hey, Bruce, maybe don't, uh, you don't slap elbow. Well, dudes. At,
1: at a minimum, I guess the, the Bucks do what they do. And then the league comes in and says, yep, that's good enough. Or no, we're going to add to that. But it, the league making the decision, it just seems a little bit odd to me. And I, I don't, I don't know that there's a, you, you never like to be on the wrong side of a controversial issue because you haven't really thought it through. I'm just, I think thinking this one through maybe leads to a little bit of overthinking when you consider the level that we're talking about, the players that we're talking about. And I'd like to hear the player that that was the quote unquote victim. The slappy. Yeah, I would like to hear his thoughts on on all of this because I think that is relevant when you're talking about a professional setting with adults. I, the other thing I would say is they they could find him fifty thousand dollars and they did and that's fine. Do you think
0: Bruce Herrings is going to be different tomorrow? No, not not a chance. No. And that 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 might be part of the the reason for the fine that you can sit him down and say, hey, hey, this can't happen again. And if if you say that to him, he's like okay yeah and if Bruce is <laughs> all honest, right Bruce will say look I'll do my
1: best but I can't make any promises because <laughs> right. if we get in that <laughs> right. spot again it may happen
0: again right. I might slap I might slap <laughs> him harder I don't know uh, that just seems to be the kind of guy he is
1: here's what I do know if we were talking about a college coach doing it during a bowl game he would be out of a job most likely yeah
0: yeah so let's hope that's man. just
1: something that I'm making a declarative statement I don't have strong feelings about it one way or the other and you might disagree but I think there's some truth to that and we could probably have a couple of shows on the discrepancy between those two things, but I, th- I think that's a fact that's if truth, it was college. Yeah, right. I think that that's, that's what we'd be dealing with. Well, the guy at Hawaii just stepped down because of players saying that he was abusive, well, and that guy's not really high on my list of guys that yeah, I would... Yeah, he's, I would he's
0: got a r- long reputation of being a jerk. I, I, the, the best part of that, because you know, I'm, a, I'm a somewhat Rainbow Warrior f- football fan... Yes, cause you they, are. ...because they play at midnight, um, <laughs> is... One of the players' moms posted on Facebook and said, you know, hey, this guy wasn't very nice to my son. And the coach's wife messaged her and said, I'm sorry your son didn't work harder. It's like, oof, (laughs) oof, okay. He also called Hawaii a third-world country because he couldn't get a Dr. Pepper in a vending machine. (laughs) It's like, what kind of third-world country
1: are we in? Can't get a Dr. Pepper in a vending machine. I'd like to meet that wife, though, because I've got to be honest, it's, it's fairly well documented. I have, I've had two wives, and, and I don't know that either one of them in my life would have would would, like watched you. me coach a game and then gone to bat for me and attacked someone who was critical of my treatment of players. I just don't know that that would have happened. It's, I think it's highly unlikely.
0: You're probably just right.
1: Leave it at that. We probably ought to take a dungeon jeweler timeout on that one. And I'm excited because I didn't know what we were going to do today, and I got here late. Obviously, the show sheet says Marty Brenneman is in the news. Yeah, he's bitching and, about something. Well, that's Marty. So if he's <laughs> right. you know if he's going to get back in the news, it's going to be because Marty's got something to say that's casting someone or many someones or things into a negative light. And it's always a little bit entertaining because the guy's good with the English language. So we'll we'll, re- we'll visit the topic of Marty Brenneman and what he says may have contributed to his decision to retire. Not that age would have had a damn thing to do with it. At, the, at this point in things for Marty Brennan. but that's on the other side of this Don Juggies Jeweler timeout. I'm John Cook he's Garrett Seawright I'm Cookie he's the monster on Lima Sports Radio 93 on the fan welcome back inside the basement doctor studio John Cook and Garrett Seawright with you a couple more segments here on today's version of Cookie and the Monster we appreciate you joining us however you've chosen to do so whether it's the radio or 93 on the or the free 93 on the fan app if you're listening we appreciate it but Garrett I gotta ask because of where we are in the calendar and all of the, I want to say, like surprising lack of coverage of the baseball situation. How does Marty make the news?
0: It's a great
1: question. Marty Brenneman is in the news. Marty says Mar- he yeah. retired in part because he didn't like the direction of baseball anymore. What what brings that about?
0: He was on Sean Casey's podcast.
1: ha uh-huh. ha Podcast world, yes, was once a citizen liked it. And uh, I,
2: we should just
0: <laughs> we should just start a podcast and then just air that because people say dumb stuff. People say whatever they want on a podcast, and I don't know if it's because they think nobody's going to hear it or what. But people will say whoo on a podcast. You get them on the radio when we're live. Yeah, clam up. Got to be honest
1: though, I do wonder at times because of of the podcast universe. I don't, I don't know how some podcasts get found cause everybody's got one. Everybody's got There's podcasts. a zillion of them out there. And I started one a couple of years ago, had a blast with it. Would like to get back to doing it if I could, you know, create a 37-hour day or a 9-day week. I would probably do more podcasting. But I'm surprised at this point that that anyone found the podcast that I did. Because I just started it because somebody told me where the free software was. And you get online, you start this podcast, and away you go. And I threw it out there on Twitter and Facebook a little bit. And, you know, the 17 people that follow me, I said, hey, this is all right. I'm not sure how you find it. And 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 I didn't even know Sean Casey had a podcast. But if I, did nothing about that surprises me.
0: Well, of the former baseball guys who would have a podcast, you would probably expect Sean Casey to be. To be one of them. We
1: don't happen to have the audio of Marty, do I've,
0: I've, I've been trying to find it. it. The problem is it's not, Yeah, there's nobody listed it as, it's at this time and it's like an hour and 45 minutes. Right,
1: podcast, where you so. find it in the podcast, certainly. Well, here's what I'm going to say about Marty Brennan. I grew up as a as a monstrous Marty Brennan fan because I didn't have cable television. I got to watch the Reds when they were on, but I didn't have cable. So I listened to a ton of radio. My mom was a lady that liked to camp, so we spent a lot of summer weekends at campgrounds, and my dad didn't really like camping, so we would camp close <laughs> enough that he could still do his farm thing and show up at night. But when he'd show up at night, we'd play a little catch, and then we'd sit down around the fire and listen to the Reds. And I fell in love with Marty. And then, of course, when the Reds were good, there was a lot of reasons to like Marty. And honestly, when the Reds sucked, which was a fair and sizable portion of my youth, it actually was kind of entertaining to listen to Marty too, and then all of a sudden, at one point, and I can't pinpoint exactly when it was, it was like, "Damn, he just hates everybody." Yeah, Marty's just an unhappy dude. And, and now I find out it's because he didn't like the direction of baseball.
0: Didn't like, and I, I'm waiting. I'm trying to remember. I gotta find the exact. So he, his quote was, "I'm not a big fan." There were a lot of reasons I retired. One of which was I had my health, but another reason was I had really grown to not be fond of the direction the game was going in. The fact that it's all about home runs, strikeouts, and walks. You don't see the teams hitting and running anymore, and the stolen base has gone by the wayside. Everybody plays station to station for the three-run home run, and that's not the game I grew grew to love as a kid growing up in Virginia.
1: Okay. A valid opinion to which he is entitled.
0: And I I, I get that. Would he also say... Well, I don't watch football anymore, because back when I was a kid growing up, they didn't throw the football around like they do these days. They didn't have none of them Kyler Murrays throwing the football 37 times a game. Like, uh, games evolve, and people figure out, oh, I can, I can do it better if I do it this way.
1: Math is going to impact every sport, and analytics are going to do that, and I, you don't have to like that. But it, on a personal note, I would compare Marty's stance on baseball to my stance on basketball. At my heart, I am a guy who loves to see five guys moving, the ball moving, everybody touching it. I love the notion of playing inside out. I like post touches. I like high-low action to set up other things, and I am not opposed to the three-point shot, but it was really a tough adjustment for me to watch basketball when it became that you might go seven or eight or nine trips down the floor, and that's all you saw, and the ball barely went inside the three-point line. Now, that's not the truest assessment of things because I think most people would tell you that they want to get a piece of the paint regardless. But the game has evolved and changed to a point where the way I really enjoyed watching it and the way I enjoyed watching it be coached is basically been eliminated. And that's but But it makes adjustment. sense to
0: you why, why they play the why game, game it has. now.
1: And, right. and the game is still the game. As different as it is, I love the game. I'm not going to leave coaching or leave broadcasting or leave fandom... Because of the direction of the game, I'm going to find a way to love what the game is. I, I respect Marty's opinion, but if he could take that feeling and it would make him want to consider not doing his job anymore, then he should move on if that's the reason. Well,
0: and that the. I, I don't think he's wrong. I think, yes, there is clearly a, 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 an extra level of importance on hitting home runs and being on base. But. To its core, baseball is still the same. It is still mano mano It's me versus you, and you've got to throw the ball across the plate. It One of us is going to win, and one of us is going to lose. Now, what my objective is at the plate might be different than it used to be, but because I'm trying to score as many runs as possible differently than we used to, doesn't make you wrong and me right, doesn't make you right and me wrong. It's just different and different is not bad and i feel like you got to try to explain that all too much these days different is not bad no it's not bad and, and
1: and not being the biggest fan of something doesn't mean that you have to dislike it doesn't mean that you have to right. hold it in in disdain and and I, I the question i would have for marty is where would that have left you if the game had gone this direction when you were 49 right or 48 or 38 uh, you know I mean, he didn't like the direction baseball was going. I get it, but I can't. I can't believe that that was a was a sizable factor in his decision to leave the game. He was old, right, right. And, and when you get old, you don't have to to do as many things. You don't have to settle for those kind of things. But I don't. Know, it's interesting because Marty, that opinion that Marty holds is not a rare opinion, right? And he is certainly. And
0: I have no problem with the opinion. It's just it's a little weird to me that basically, like, I'm tired of these three run home runs what like you, you, you rather than two doubles and them scoring one run you're you're tired because a guy walked a guy hit a single and then the the fat guy coming up after him put one over the seats I, I don't I guess I don't understand the the hatred of three like all, all these kids these days trying to hit those three run home runs like, all right that's a weird weird hill to die on if you want to say hey it feels like every at-bat ends with a walk a strikeout or a home run. I don't think that's wrong, but to just say that's the reason you quit doing the job that you're known for and damn near universally loved for, it feels weird to me.
1: Well, and, and let's, I guess, encapsulate all of this by saying that the frequency with which Marty Brenneman shared opinions that were abrasive, and a little bit harder to figure out and understand or or at least completely comprehend, and the conviction with which he shared those opinions, that frequency was on the increase for the last six to seven right. years that he was in the booth because he was becoming a guy who, and he would, he would freely admit, as long as I've been doing this and the success that I've had doing it, I don't have to be acceptable to everyone anymore. I don't have to be right. likable. I don't have to even be pleasant when we suck.
0: <laughs> and they
1: and, and they did for some time, and he wasn't pleasant, and he really lost a lot of the fan base that he had because he became so opinionated in a way that was dismissive of a lot of people and a lot of other opinions. At least when he presents this, he's a part of a fairly sizable, I would guess still minority of baseball fans, but a sizable group that feel the way he feels, and he expresses it from a, a, a position of, reflection now which I guess makes it a little bit more palatable I for one would not be unhappy if Marty was still calling games it would not bother me some people were so ready for Marty to go it wasn't even funny and there were days when I could certainly understand that sentiment but there's just certain things about getting older that are a challenge and I guys like (laughs) guys like Jack Buck guys like Vin Scully guys like Marty Brenneman and and we'll get to the place at some point where Tom Hamilton is one of those guys too. And you yep. and I have had this conversation. I think Hammy is great on That's, radio. Right. But he's getting to a point where damn he's negative <laughs> right,
0: right, where not everything has to suck. <laughs> and, sometimes there's, there's there's great and he's good about, you know, a, a great catch or a great called third strike or whatever. But sometimes just during the middle of a game, he'll be like, you can't get a slice of pizza, we're the damn in this city. Like well, <laughs> What the hell are you even talking about
1: like, what, what, what does that have That's to do with anyway? it's a three-hour ball game brother you gotta, I, I you gotta make it. sure you fill the airwaves and he does but I, I just i i you know there are iconic guys that i wish never had to go away and marty was on that list as even as hard as it was to take some of his arrogance at times but you ever want to see a guy just become unattractive as a human get marty Brennan talking about buck show Woo whoo whoo which I don't was,
0: by all accounts by by many accounts Buck Showalter's a great dude.
1: There's one reason why he disliked Buck Showalter and that's because Tom Brenneman was the play-by-play guy for the Diamondbacks and he questioned he questioned Showalter and Showalter went after him for questioning his managerial style and his managerial decision making and when you go after the kids and I've got right. a, and I've got a platform to come at you. So th- those two humans, Buck Showalter and Tony La Russa, you you could watch Marty Brennan become borderline ugly as a person just by getting him to talk about those two guys. And and the funny part of it is Marty's moving on because he doesn't like the direction of baseball. And Buck showalter's
0: right? Buck, Buck Showalter's back, baby. <laughs> He's
1: back managing, baby. And he'll build somebody else right to the verge of a World Series, get fired, right. and win well, win a title within two years of him stepping down because that's kind of his M.O. Yep, I enjoy that part a little bit. Time to take another Don Jenkins Jeweler timeout. When we come back, it'll be our final segment, which means poll results and our ever-popular water cooler conversation. Stick around for that after this Don Jenkins Jeweler timeout on Lima Sports Radio 93.1 The Fan. Mm-hmm. We are back inside the basement of Dr. Studio for mm-hmm. one final segment here on Lima Sports Radio 93.1 The Fan. Cookie and the Monster with you on this Wednesday. We got poll results.
0: We do. We had two questions up at 931 The Fan on Twitter. We asked, did you like the wildcard game being moved to Monday Night Football? 54%. Say yes. We also asked, do you look at mock drafts? 63%. Say they do, in fact, look at mock drafts. Just can't
1: see a reason not to at least take a glance. Right, can just see a, a reason not to. Even if
0: you just like, oh, hey, they I, think we're going to take this guy.
1: And on the way over here, I heard some of your conversation about this weekend. This is maybe the dumbest question I've ever asked because I haven't really done any research. Why, why is it not a possibility of having a Monday night game again?
0: I don't know. I think especially when you know both teams are going to play on Sunday... Um, next like next Sunday, I, I don't see why you wouldn't at least entertain it um, other I mean, than maybe you're just worried about somebody saying, it's not fair that they got an extra day to prepare. Well, I the, don't... The, un,
1: the imbalance in the rest and preparation time is going to exist. You can't,
0: well, you can't avoid it. It's, it's still going to exist because somebody's going to, pl- like you got two games on Saturday right, right. and they're not both AFC games and <laughs> they're not both NFC games. So somebody's going to have an extra day.
1: I mean, it's going to exist no matter how you go about it. But you could alleviate some of that what you talked about with the imbalance, total imbalance in the schedule, by just saying, "Hey, if you played on Monday night and won, you're rewarded. You get to play again on Monday night."
0: I don't. I don't see a problem with that. I, I. I. I do think it's kind of like eh, that. Kind of sucks that you, you know, the 49ers are going to play on Saturday this week after playing on Sunday last week. Uh, you know, but it is what it is. I don't.
1: Like I said, you, you, you wanted to have a super wild card weekend. Right, NFL, you so wanted a game
0: on Monday. Deal, why, why Deal
1: with something beyond that weekend that makes a little bit of sense and balances things out I as just, much as you possibly
0: I'm can. A, I'm a big, like, hey, the NFL is on Sunday and Monday night. You spend all season playing on Sunday, Monday night, Thursday, and then when the season gets to the final stages in the playoffs, you're like, hey, we're playing on Saturdays now. Well, well why? Why? <laughs> why, why are you doing that? Uh, it is what I, I like I said, uh, maybe even I, I mentioned earlier in the show, play three games on Sunday like you do every other Sunday of the year and then play a game on Monday night that, that, rather to me, than play to me, a game on makes, Saturday night.
1: That makes absolutely perfect sense to me, but that's just me. Nobody's
0: asking what we think.
1: That is for sure, and I guess I can't really blame him. What do you got water cooler-wise?
0: So Baker Mayfield had successful surgery on his shoulder today and posted a video on social media after the fact.
3: Hey everybody, just wanted to check in. Surgery went great; uh, was a complete success. Had a great medical team uh, that took care of me, and um, checked that that box off to get this fixed. And now it's on the way to you know the road to recovery. Um, you know, this is a, a one of those steps to get back to my true self. Um, this past year hasn't been very easy. Uh, a lot of stuff has gone down, and, and it wasn't. Wasn't easy on me or my family. So I appreciate everybody that's reached out that wished me well and good luck on the surgery, all the prayers and everything. It, it definitely did not go unnoticed, so thank you. Um, thanks to everybody that's helped out so far. Um, now it's now it's on the way to the road to recovery. It's not gonna be an easy one, but um, it's gonna be one that I'm gonna remember and it's gonna be a special one. So I'll uh, we'll keep you guys updated. Thank you so much, uh, but this is, the, this is not the end of my story. Uh, it's just gonna be one of those little things that I'll look back and remember that it's um, one of those challenges and adversity that I'm going to try and take advantage of, and it'll make me a better person. So thank you for everybody that's reached out. Once again, uh, let's go get it.
1: I have two thoughts. (laughs) One is how many people started to listen to that and thought, yeah, 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 talk to me in September. Yeah, and the second thought I have is, if he's going to get back to being him true his true self, can we expect to see him grabbing his junk toward opposing well, fans anytime I, I, soon? I,
0: I thought, like, how does getting your shoulder fixed get you back to your true self? Maybe there's some feng shui, poppycock <laughs> malarkey in there that I don't I don't understand. His chakras weren't in balance or something. I don't I, know. I would
1: like to think that he means he can play at the at. at at the level maybe he the, just means football maybe, but, a- but if you want to talk about football then you'd say be the player that i know i can be right. be back to being my true self well you know your true self your true self i remember ran from cops and damn near got tased <laughs> and grabbed your junk at kansas because their fans were screaming at you and they had like 16 people in the building
0: well, but but the like this isn't the end of my story did anybody think it was was it like, well, maybe, it's maybe, just maybe that they Baker Mayfield's psyche of like it's me against the world and nobody believed in me like what what are you this isn't the end of my story nobody said it was nobody thought it was what is wrong with you You're thanks so much psycho? to Bob
1: thanks so much to Bob McGilliot for joining us on the American first Home Mortgage hotline appreciate you joining the show we're gonna get back to a little ESPN programming for a bit but we got Kentucky and Texas a and m hoops tonight at 8 15 here on the fan It'll be a good listen. And uh, we're back tomorrow for another episode of Cookie and the Monster on a Thursday. Again, thank you for joining us. We hope that you have a great evening. What, what's it? The the, the catchphrase: "Good night and good sports." Good I think that's a little sports. cheesy, but we'll go with it. Good night and good sports. We'll talk to you again tomorrow, Lima Land, Lima Sports Radio, ninety-three one, the fan.